Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life. I'm your host, Ramsey Abushala, and today I'm joined by Jason Lee. You may know him as the creative mastermind behind Fokohela, one of the most original football labels out there. He's joining us all the way from Denmark. Jason, thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I mean, uh, obviously your design uh, credentials precede you, um, whether it's what you've done at Fokohela. I mean, you've worked at um, Adidas and Hummel in the past, but uh, we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, we have you on the show uh, because for those of you that don't know, Jason is behind one of probably the most just comprehensive and vast Arsenal collections that, that I've come across. Um, so, I mean, uh, you, you hear about guys who, who just collect jerseys, but this goes up way above and beyond. I mean, we're talking hats, scarves, patches, uh, little knickknacks. I mean, anything really with that vintage Arsenal label. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more details and we'll, we'll talk about that. But I, uh, just to start off, Jason, how did you uh, become an Arsenal fan? You know, what's, what's your background and, and your roots? Um, well, uh, um, well, with with Arsenal, I remember um, in 1999, I had been watching the um, FA Cup semifinal replay between Arsenal and United, where the first match was a draw, nil nil, and then this the second match that I'd been watching, it was tied one uh, one going into extra time and um, Arsenal was actually up a man. Roy Keane had been sent off and then in the dying minutes, Ryan Giggs intercepted uh, an errant pass from Vieira and then just dribbled more than uh, around half the pitch and, and passed maybe five or six Arsenal players and then shot and scored. And I remember after that, that, uh, I just had this gut-wrenching and sinking feeling in my stomach. And it just seemed like from then on, I was an Arsenal supporter. So it took a, a, a bad incident, I guess, for me to become a supporter. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's something, I don't know, like maybe compelling or, or just uh, maybe nostalgic about just, just that heartbreak as a kid. Like for me, as a baseball fan, I grew up playing baseball. Um, I'm a Yankee fan, and, and just the, the very first memory I have watching the Yankees was the 2001 World Series where, uh, I mean, Luis Gonzalez hit, hit the uh, walk-off game winner to beat them in the ninth inning off of Mariano Rivera. So I was crying. I was like six, five or six years old, just, just bawling on, on my living room couch, and that's since then I've been a Yankee fan. So that's, that's kind of funny how um, just, just getting your heart broken sometimes is, is more apt to uh, – uh, giving you a lifelong fandom than than like a, a, a triumph. Yeah, but I mean, e- even before that, you know, did you sense that you were a, a Yankee fan or? Uh, I was only one. That that was like um, I was on the Yankees as my t-ball uh, on my t-ball team. So yeah. I had my jersey on and everything. I I didn't really know much about baseball at the time. I was still super young. It was my very first kind of introduction to baseball, and so that was really like the real first taste. That was the very first World Series I ever watched, and and since then, you know, it's, um, it's gone up and down for me, and especially lately, um, I've been watching not as much baseball as, as I as I used to, but you know, I still have that fandom deep down in my heart, and um, I mean, I, I guess with with I mean Arsenal's golden age and the Yankees 
uh, you can think that you know we became fans because of, of bandwagoning, but it's it's really quite the opposite, which is, which is yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so so how did that fandom kind of evolve from you know just watching and and, and rooting rooting them on to uh, collecting memorabilia? Yeah, I mean that that's funny too because. I started to actively collect in 2015, but prior to that, you know, I had really just been wearing bootleg uh, Arsenal kits. So um, I, re I remember the one of the last kits, you know, I had been wearing prior to collecting was a yeah bootleg Nasri uh, shirt. So and then, but I don't know exactly what happened. Um, it must have been some, you know, just meandering on ebay and then coming across something arsenal um and then lo and behold it you know really started from there but you know since i've been collecting it's really been specific to everything with the old badge yeah nothing with nothing with the current badge apart from the invincibles um kit or arson wenger manager coats just because for me, you know, I find um, the training and lifestyle much more exotic than the match wear. You know, I think it's part of the reason is because I, I see so much of the match wear just by virtue of them playing in it and then just seeing all the fans wearing it. So you, it's, you know, a lot more seldom where you see fans wearing um, the old, old badge. Um, lifestyle yeah so, and 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 talk about that, that that old badge because i mean just about everyone that i talk to that has an interest in in uh, whether it's graphic design or arsenal um they really really don't like the new badge which is kind of like um uh, i think I, I i i've heard someone describe it as like a uh, kb toys version of of a, of a crest um yeah. uh, so so talk about that uh the old badge because it's it's really kind of stood the test of time as just a, a really classic design um, uh, in addition to all the memories that it, it, it is attached to it yeah i mean apart from let's say i guess the first first thing you really notice is the the black letter gothic uh, font mm -hmm. uh, of the word and then just it's it's much more ornate and you know i think we're living in a time now where things just get pared down more and more. And that's definitely the case when it comes to football crests and, you know, Arsenal's current badges. It's definitely guilty of that. And, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's taken too much away from it. And it looks a bit cartoony for me. And yeah, I just, you know, although, you know, their greatest season was wearing the current badge, there's just still something you know i don't know much more i don't know there's just much much more character to the old badge yeah yeah uh, when you were at adidas was uh, arsenal under the uh the adidas the no. so you never you never got a chance to to uh, design design one yourself no and and i think towards towards the end of my time there you know they had, there were rumors that they're they're going to pitch them and whatnot but it wasn't the case and but nevertheless, I mean, of course, it'd be, a, it'd be amazing and an honor to, to design for them. I don't know. Even, even looking back, though, I'd say that 
you know, a lot of what I have is from the nineties mm-hmm. and Nike and Adidas when it was late eighties, early nineties. And, but the real dream would be, you know, if Umbro had sponsored Arsenal during the nineties, I think, I mean, they were just, they were just on another level, you know, from what they didn't. And even though they, they've, they created a lot uh, based on templates for United, Everton, Chelsea, whoever. The the templates were amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So let's talk about some of the uh, the old Arsenal jerseys um, because when you think of like the '90s, the '90s kits uh, that are so uh, romanticized uh, now, Arsenal have a handful of them. Whether it's the uh, uh, the bruised bananas that uh, Adidas just uh, kind of brought back. Um, uh, that JVC uh, logo going across the middle. Um, what what are some of your favorite designs uh, for, from over the years? Mine are actually um, even before um, Adidas and Nike. They're the Umbro ones, where they're just super classic, very um, simple. Just the yeah, the red body, white sleeves, mm-hmm. nothing else, you know, going on and. The, the Canon, possibly the JVC, and then um, the Umbro logo. Yeah. Um, those are my favorites, you know. And But then, of course, the, the Bruised Banana, you know, that's up there as well. And I think that's just also one of the first really graphic shirts that are memorable. I mean, you've got, like, Holland 88, but it was – then, you know, towards the beginning of the 90s where it all set off. And I think the, the banana is definitely, um, you know, one of the forerunners. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just going back to your collection, what are some of the uh, kind of crown jewels that you have or any kind of like uh, notable or rare rare items that you have in the vault? Well, I would say two, two of the grails are, are Adidas Arsenal jumper from don't exactly know the year, but it has to be, yeah, of course, late 80s, early 90s, somewhere around there. But I, I suspect could be even, yeah, like 89. And then a Nike Arsenal or Nike Premier jacket from 95 with, it's got this, the, the lightning pattern around the collar. Yeah, I would say those two when it comes to apparel and then possibly yeah a couple other outerwear pieces there was a, a red and a blue uh, bomber jacket by compri and then um, a leather jacket um, black leather jacket i can't remember who the maker is for that but um yeah probably probably those pieces yeah and so i mean there's just so much to choose from like you said i mean whether it's the the outerwear like the pregame, uh, the pregame shirts, the the sideline jackets. Um, uh, how do you kind of is it, what's the process of acquiring these items? Is there something that you, you're kind of on the on the lookout for uh, in particular, or is it just whatever you come across, um, whether it be online or in a thrift store or or uh, um, anywhere else? Yeah, well, in the beginning, I'd say I was I was much more deliberate just because I didn't have that much of a collection. But at this point I have all the pieces that um, I'd want apart from two. Um, 
So if I'm on the lookout, it's for these two pieces. And that's one is the Arsenal Nike 125th anniversary destroyer jacket. So it's a varsity jacket and they only made 125 of them. And um, so I've come across it, but not in a medium. So that's the other thing, you know, is when you're collecting and you're looking for specific sizes that you may come across other sizes and then you you know you decide okay whether or not you're going to buy it or not or just wait it out um and for that i think i would need the the medium you know i wouldn't buy another size in that and then the second piece is um a nike cap with a big gothic a embroidered on it so those are the two pieces. And then, um, but in terms of, let's say, looking for them or finding or say anything I get now is just, you know, by casually browsing. And then, you know, it could also be where I already own own the piece and I just, and I buy another or, you know, for, as an example, there's a, Nike training jacket from 1995 and that silhouette I have nine of so don't ask me why I have nine but uh, um, but I do and that that's the thing I think you know meeting other other collectors I found that you know what we're all kind of crazy yeah so I mean you mentioned the sizes so are you are you wearing some of the uh, like the more vintage stuff um, uh, in your collection or are, are there some, uh, that are kind of like off limits? Actually, I rarely wear it, but it's not that I think that, um, they're too delicate. It's just that I, I don't know. I just dress kind of like a uniform wearing the same t-shirt and uh-huh. pants or shorts. And then, uh, um, so I rarely wear them, but you know what? I, I probably should, but it's, it's not because I think they're too, delicate you know Uh i I think i think as the collection grows and you know as our son gets older too uh, Mm -hmm. at one point i'll just pass it down to him and you know just hope that he'll you know he'll also become a gooner one day but i'm pretty sure he will Uh, (laughs) um so to that you know i've also never sold any items either even the ones where i have doubles triples or nine of, you know, I've never sold any piece. And, and so, so if you're not, if you're not wearing them on a regular basis, then uh, what is the, uh, you mentioned that medium is, is the desired size. Um, yeah. What, what is the significance about medium? Um, if it's not a, a matter of uh, it fitting you? Well, I mean, if it, it would, I mean, if I were to wear it, then I would want to wear it in my size. Got but. it. Got it. Also, you know, when it comes to proportions, you know, a medium, you know, or even a large looks. Aesthetically. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Compared to like a double XL. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or, or extra small. And so, so when you're, when you're looking for these items um, or you're just casually browsing uh, eBay or, or, or wherever, um, I'm sure you've come across a couple of steals here and there. What's, can you just kind of go into some of the uh, um, surprising 
things that you've found either at a, a really, really low cost or uh, just like a grail that has uh, in an unexpected place? Well, um, yeah, I met, I had met a guy um, um, via Facebook and, you know, he just, just had a, a massive collection and, and yeah, I was interested in buying some of the pieces and he sold me, yeah, really like a shed load for 70 quid. And um, I felt so bad about it. I ended up giving him 110. <laughs> and it, was, it, was, it was the leather bomber. It was the red concrete jacket. It was the star goalkeeper shirt. It was... A few flags, three bags. Um, oh man, I, I just can't. I I couldn't believe it, to be honest. And then, so that was that was one. And then recently, um, I had three. You know, as I, I said earlier, I have two that I'm on the lookout for. Mm -hmm. And at one time, it was three. And I just came across, um, yeah, one of the grails and. Uh, ended up getting it um and then you know while i was talking to the seller i just said hey you know well i'm an arsenal collector and then and he emailed me back and he said well you might be interested in this and then it it turns out it was you know he had two of the grails so i don't know i think a lot of it has to do with luck but they also say luck favors those who are prepared yeah. So in, yeah. in the same way where, you know, if you are on the, on the lookout or if you are more, if you're active, please searching at some point you are going to, to find it. So, um, and it, that was the case with, with these two. Yeah. And, um, just kind of going into that whole, uh, buying and selling landscape of that of, of, of resellers especially now you mentioned you don't you don't sell any of your collection but uh, you're actively involved in, in, in buying what are your, what are your thoughts on just kind of uh, price gouging and uh, just the the high uh, just the high high prices that have I've, I mean because I've seen some some jerseys going for 400 500 bucks on, online um, yeah. what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean and and would you ever resell anything in your collection? Well, I think it's become, especially with our Arsenal uh, merch, it's become much more of an issue within the last six months to a year. Um, so before that, before that, it was a lot easier to find things at reasonable prices. So I think there, there are two things when it comes to collecting. One is you will find um, resellers who are consciously looking for let's say either arsenal products or some other club and then consciously looking to buy that to to flip and resell yeah. yeah but on the other side you also have the ogs who let's say who've supported arsenal since they were a kid and you know now they're retiring or already retired so they're you know they're just cleaning out their attic and then mm -hmm. they're they're putting things on ebay yeah. where you know they're selling things as at a reasonable cost so i don't know i think it i would say anybody would probably have an issue with you know resellers who are who are doing it just to really turn the profit and 
Um, so, you know, I definitely, I prefer dealing with the, with the OGs where, you know, you'll see their listings on eBay where they're sometimes they'll have shirts that are sideways posted, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but so, but, but they're very like, they're very authentic and yeah. Yeah. then, and, and it turns out they've got this treasure trove of other stuff that hasn't, that hasn't been on eBay. And then, um, they're willing to sell so um through that you know i've been able to um collect a lot of the other stuff apart from apparel whether it be rosettes or pins or ties flags yeah all all the other all the other what accoutrements yeah 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 um and so do you do most of your uh, your shopping online or uh, are there some like thrift stores that you've come across that, that have some um vintage football stuff um every once in a while I've never found any vintage arsenal through a, a thrift store so all of it yeah all of it is online um different apps yeah like eBay deep depop yeah yeah um so yeah and it's not, it's not that, you know, I don't have, I don't have like a special sauce or anything, you know, it's just, uh, just like everyone else out there. And, and so let, let's go into some of the stuff that you've, uh, repurposed. Um, you mentioned that, that you got, uh, some ties before. Um, I remember you, you kind of cut those up and, and turn those into bucket hats. You had some, some wallets that you, that you uh, repurposed into some hats as well. Um, yeah. uh, What's what's your favorite project that you've done so far? Um, is there anything that is kind of in the works that uh, you're at, at liberty to share? I don't know. I guess you know, it's always maybe the one I'm working on at that time, and then. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, you know sometimes things just click in your head, whether it be the wallet buckets or the or the tie buckets. I don't know. I mean, I. I like those because they're just ideas that popped in my head. It's not like something that I was thinking over and over yeah. you know, about. It's just, it popped in my head or I don't know, let's say even the custom shirts that I've done where like the one that's, that's using the 1999 um, shirt as a base where I've added, um, bandana patterns on it oh yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah the the ian wright one right no uh, bird camp actually oh, okay. it was a uh, it was a home shirt uh with bird camp but it actually says gangster on the back because it's more of like uh tongue-in-cheek because dennis is anything but a gangster <laughs> so i mean on the pitch he was yeah yeah you know so um i don't know but that i guess maybe that resonates with me just because i know how much actual time it took me to um to place the prints and to to set them and yeah yeah and, and so. is there like how how long does it does that process take cuz i'm sure it's it's a pretty painstaking um uh process just getting all the measurements right and and apart from the cut and sew itself but i mean just the, the, the conceptualization of everything um, going from ideas to actual execution. How long is that process? Oh, it, it depends. Let's say for that, um, the bandana shirt, that's, 
you know, so I had to actually design it on Illustrator. And then um, I can't even remember how long that would take, but not as long as the actual physical execution of it, where because it's I had to print two colors and put them separately. The thing is, once you print or and once you heat set a print, it shrinks. So the next time you put something over it, you have to manipulate it. You have to pull the shirt. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, um, you just have to make so many adjustments. That's why it took probably around 22 hours to do that, um, to do that shirt. You know, I had to manually play some of the, the paisley um, patterns and yeah and then also you know where you're printing around the shoulder sleeve scene yes. and yeah it's just it, it you know it's just a lot of work so but you know what that's also part of it you know that's the that's i like the process i like the journey yeah yeah um and w one of my favorite designs that you that you've done uh was that uh, uh one of one for uh, hector bellerin uh, yeah that you did um couple maybe early early this year or late last year I don't I don't remember when I saw it um but um what was that whole process like how were you able to get in, in touch with him and what was it like seeing uh, the the jersey on him and that, that photo shoot that he did well you know what you know I've always been a fan of Hector you know not only um because he's an Arsenal player but uh, because of what he stands for I don't know I felt like almost like kindred spirits in that sense where I've also, you know, done shirts uh, for social causes. So, mm -hmm. and I don't know, the idea just popped in my head one day and then I just decided to design things around Hector using all animal elements, yeah. you know, because he's a proponent of animal rights. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a vegan too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. So... So then, yeah, it just kind of it came together, and yeah, and then I I did it off of uh, um, a vintage shirt, and then just um, replaced the collar and the sleeve cuffs, and um, yeah, it just all kind of came together. And then I shot it um, on a model in uh, Flensburg, you yeah. know, where we were living at the time, and then posted it, and then. Um, somehow he saw it and then he really liked it and I ended up sending it to him and then um when he actually posted the uh, the pics I didn't know that he was going to do that and I didn't know that he had done a photo shoot with the shirt so it was all really it's awesome. a surprise I, I just picked up the phone and I just saw you know <laughs> tons of notifications and then and then yeah I mean it was great to see him you know in the shirt but yeah, actually, he had he had seen it, and then I had I had sent it to him. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. when you think of like footballers who were fashionable, I mean, he's probably at the top of the list. So um, yeah, well, if if you if you caught his eye, then you must be doing something right, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, uh, you're a busy guy. I won't keep you. I uh, won't keep you much longer. It's late over over where you're at. Just to, to wrap things up, is there any, is there any uh, final shout outs or any, any plugs that uh, you, you want to get out there? Um, nope. Just only plug is um, yeah, make, make sure you, um, you guys check out Urban Pitch website and Instagram socials. 
Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. Um, so make sure you follow Jason uh, Los Dejos on uh, on Instagram and at Focohela. Uh, that's uh, F-O-K-O-H-A-E-L-A. Uh, Jason, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, until then, we see, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.